Welcome to the Road to Life Church podcast. Here with our guest speaker, you will be inspired through the Word of God. For more information, please visit roadtolifechurch.com. I have a special friend here. Come on up here, Pastor Daniel. Pastor Daniel is from San Diego. Who's been, anybody been to San Diego? Anybody been to San Diego? How many of you know that San Diego, the weather is a little different in San Diego? So he said to me when he came, he said that I brought this weather with me. That's, that's what he said. But there was just one problem, and that was that it was here before he got here. And so I informed him, and then I said, and furthermore, it will be gone before you leave. How many of you know what I'm saying? That in Michigan, if we get a day like this in November, it's a miracle. Okay, if we get a week like this, it's Jesus is walking on water. How many of you know what I'm saying? But anyway, Pastor Daniel has got a great word for us today. Awesome. Well, it's so good to be here. It's always just a blessing. Good to see some familiar faces. Um, it's awesome. And I wish it was colder in Michigan. I'm sorry. It's just like, you know, I like to come into some place that actually has seasons other than brown and green. It's either green or it's brown in California. There's no middle, you know, anything. But um, it's good to be here. Father, I pray you'd bless your message. I pray every person in this room would get a, a greater awareness of your favor in their lives. And I thank you for it, God. And I pray this message would, I just pray it would minister something, those life-changing moments that actually trigger something that, that shifts a major, major change in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's moments where I can just pinpoint certain moments in life where God said something or spoke something, even one sentence that was just so powerful and it went on. And I'm just believing that God's going to minister to you today. I want to first start with a story. And it's, um, history has recorded a, a fabulous story about this boy. And he was miraculously bought by a wealthy Christian woman named Calistro. Now, Calistro had a dream. And Calistro, in this dream, the Lord told her to go to the Ephesian gate of the city and she would um, find a young slave boy at the gate and to purchase him, to redeem him. And so she went, and if you, know, if you pull in the docks in Ephesus and you went there, the slave market was right there near the docks. So the first thing you see is this, just in that day, that was normal, but these people. I just wanna ask you, if you were there in the slave docks, if you were chained there and you were a slave in there, how much hope would you have? You know, love the pastor's sermons lately, and you, know, you talk about hopes, you talk about dreams, you talk about how do we connect the dots and how, where are we going. It's like, what kind of dreams do you have when you're only one dream in, that I think I would have, and that would be to be free from these chains? And it happened in one day. This woman comes in, she goes down there, she sees this young man, she buys him, redeems him, and frees him, of course. She's a good Christian woman, and he becomes the bishop of Smyrna. So when you read the seven churches in Revelation, he was one of the bishops. His name was Polycarp. Polycarp was a powerful Christian man. He went on to be a, a, a powerful leader planting churches, and he, and he was a leader of leaders. Unfortunately, that uh, he was martyred. But I want to bring something back, and that is in one day, his whole life shift. One day. Joseph went from the pit to the prison in one day. In one day, your life can shift in one day. One word from God, one touch from God, one moment where you, where you connect with God, one moment you connect with your dreams, one moment. It, one day, everything can shift. 
And, and so Polycarp, of course, had that experience. He gets saved, he's there. And then, unfortunately, he gets martyred during the days of Marcus Aurelius. And Marcus Aurelius had games where they would martyr Christians and they drug Polycarp out into the arena and they hear an audible voice from heaven speak down to Polycarp and say, play the man. Polycarp, play the man. So I don't know if it was Hebrew, Kazakh, or if it was the Greek word, Andrizo, but he said, play the man. Take courage, be strong, be the man. And Polycarp, um, interesting character, he, he's so prophetic, he already heard from God, and when his captors came to arrest him, he had a banquet set out for them. He said, no hurry, guys, you guys had a long journey here, why don't you sit down and eat a meal? And he fed them before they left, he said, you don't have to bind me, I'm going to go with you. Just amazing thing. He gets in there, then he hears this word in the arena. They put him on the fire. He said, I refuse to be bound like Jesus. He said, I just, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to fight it, martyr me. You know, so they put a burning a bunch of wood and he stands in the middle and they light it on fire. It burns and burns and burns and burns. Wall of fire in front of him, behind him. But guess what? God's favor is what? Fireproof. And he just stood in the midst of the fire and he wouldn't die. He's just glowing. And so they find they, he just takes an executioner and the executioner has to go in there and stab him. But in the midst of that, like God, it, amazing he gets stabbed. They say a dove comes from his wound. And this is history. These aren't even Christians, some of the historians. And they say a dove comes from his wound and enough blood flowed out of his wound to quench the fires. We're talking a massive wall of fire. There's not enough blood going to come out of a human. It poured out enough and quenched the entire fire. I think there was a prophetic message from God that the blood, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than the fires of hell. Can we get an amen on that one? So I don't know what kind of pressure, tension, fire you've been through. Some people have a story. Some people have a wound. Some people have, have a, a, a testimony because you're past that wound. Some of you have. But I'm telling you right now, the blood of Jesus Christ is more powerful than the, the, the fires of hell. More powerful than any trial you have gone through or will go through. Because a lot of times we think our bear was it, and it's like the lion was it. Nope, a bear. Oh, the, the, the bear was it. Nope, there's a giant coming in this story. But the power of the blood of Jesus is more powerful than anything that we will face. Amen? So God's favor is fireproof in our lives. So I want to, I want to preach out of Daniel chapter 3. In Daniel chapter 3, uh, verse 8, it says, Therefore at that time the Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. And they said, they spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. And he goes to tell him, you made a decree. These guys are not going to bow. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. These men, O king, they won't pay you regard. They do not serve your gods with a small g or worship the gold image which you have set up. So if you look at this, you got to understand, first of all, that these three Hebrews lived in a time where to do what they did, they were countercultural. And many of us today live in a countercultural area where society is not exactly Christian. You might not be in a Bible belt. But God rocked even when it was, a, okay, let's just take it back a step. Cambridge Dictionary says counterculture is a way of life and a set of ideas that are completely different from those accepted by most of society. So even if most of society thinks different than you, you can still live a godly life. Because these guys lived and they were countercultural and they rocked their culture. Hello, somebody. These three Hebrews refused to be compliant to this tyrannical leader. 
And Nebuchadnezzar was enraged in verse 13. He was enraged in fury. He gives the command to bring him before him. He says the same thing. Is it true? You won't bow. Da, 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 da. And then he says, then he said this in 15. He said, and who is the God, small g, who will deliver you from my hand? Basically, it's like he just like dropped the mic. He's like, and who is the God? And then, I mean, I can just see heaven going, <gasps> he went there. He went there. The angels are like, he, Father, he went there. Can you imagine? And the Hebrews, right when they said that, the Hebrews are like, oh, heck no. No, no, it stops right here. They're like, who is the God? And so right away, they pointed out that our God is able. Verse 17, in that case, they just said, if that's the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he'll deliver us from your hand, O king. Nobody talks that way to the king. This is King Nebuchadnezzar. This king is the most powerful king on the planet. More powerful kingdom than any kingdom on the planet. You don't mess around with him. I mean, you just look at him funny. He'd be off with your head. And they're like, you know, hello. Paul writes about God's favor. He, God talks about God's, uh, uh, Paul, Paul talks about God's ability in Ephesians 3.20, he says, to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all you ask or think. If you're going to dream, you're going to think in those dreams that you're thinking about, God will go beyond your dreams. He'll go beyond what you think. God's ability goes beyond our dreams. If we think our circumstance is limiting us, we're, we're, we're not, we need to put it back into perspective. Because we serve a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all you ask or think. How many of you have some great dreams? How are we going to flip a nation unless you start dreaming? How are we supposed to go reach people? How are we supposed to go reach those in the uttermost parts? How are we supposed to reach those right in our own city? You got to have a dream. I like Mark Battison, one of my favorite authors, and I think on his Chase the Line, his tagline was, if, if your dream doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. Come on. You should be like, well, that's a dream, but that's crazy. That's probably God. And if it's not too big for you, it's probably not God. It's probably too small. You're probably doing safe dreams. Can I just encourage you? you got to take risks. But what if I fail? What if you don't? Oh, think about a little kid. Little kid's riding her bike. Well, you, do you take your, your cute little girls right here? Now they're a little bigger than little. But when they were little and they're trying to learn how to ride a bike, um, you know, uh, one, of my, one of my guys here, he was like holding the back of the bike as she's riding. But then pretty soon he wasn't holding and she was riding. What if the first time she fell, you just said, that's it for you. No more bike riding. That's it. We can't ever have you fall. I love you too much. No, you don't do that, right? You're like, well, it's good you took the training wheels off. I'm glad you took a risk, baby. I'm right here behind you, and I got the back of the seat. That's the way God is. God's like, when you ask me to take the training wheels off, I'm ready to take the training wheels off, and I'm going to hold the back of your seat. Hello? We need, we need to be those who are confident to know my God is able. These guys said our God can do it. And if we believe God is able, we'll ask big, we'll dream big. So if you've got small dreams, you need to come back and say, what's my view of my God? So I want to talk about it today. God's favor is fireproof. Verse 19, it says, then he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind them and to throw them down into this fiery furnace. They bound them in all their clothes and everything 
And when they did, it burned the men who took them up to throw them in. It burned those guys. They fall down into the fiery furnace. Verse 24, King Nebuchadnezzar is astonished. He rises in haste and he says to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They said, yes, O king, true. He's like, look, I see four, not three, four. And I see, and, 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 and look at this. He says, I see four men loose and walking in the midst of the fire and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Come on. I like Fred Parsons had a great perspective on this passage when he wrote, it's like the story of a grandfather and it, little baby's in the crib crying. And um, he's like, Gramp out, Gramp out, Gramp out. These little chubby hands and tears coming down his face. Gramp out. And Grandpa wants to get him out. And mom's like, mom's like, you know, it's, it's his dad, you know, her dad. And she's like, you will not take him out of that crib. He's in trouble. He will stay in the crib. Now, Grandpa's got a little problem here because the baby says, Gramp out, Gramp out. And the Grandpa's like, I want to take you out, but Mom's here. So it's kind of like a little truth and, and grace thing. Grandpa wants grace. Mom's like, the truth is, I said, there's a timeout happening. There's a timeout happening. You know what I mean? So Grandpa's in a little problem right now because if he goes against Mom, he's in trouble. And then, but yet he wants to, and, and, but, but little Gabriel's got his little chubby hands and the tears, grandpa can't take it. He just crawled into the crib. He said, you didn't say I couldn't get in with him. You know what? That's what God does. I mean, God could have just saved him. They could have thrown him in, burned the guys, killed those guys, and they could have bounced back up, done an Olympic plant, boom, <laughs> and stood there in front of the Nebuchadnezzar. Been like, try to throw me in again. Watch, I'll do it again. Boom, and they bounce back up. But God let them go down in, and he joined them in their fire. He joined them. Paul and Silas were in prison. What did God do? He joined them. He didn't spare them from getting beaten, and he didn't spare them from going into prison, but he joined them in the prison. Then he rocked the prison, but that's our God. He promises to walk with you through all your tribulations and trials. He promises but our job is to believe in the one. Our job is to stand. Our job is to believe against all odds. Over time, all I, I watched a game one time, Mikey, and they were down more than three touchdowns. I think they were down, they got, they did onside kick, touchdown, onside kick, touchdown, onside. In two minutes, they did two minute drills. They did touchdown, onside kick, touchdown, onside kick, touchdown, onside kick, and then kicked a field goal and won. It was San Diego who did it, but that was way back in Coriel days. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, how do you come back like that? Can I just tell you some of your lives? You're a comeback. It's a favor of God. And you're standing here today because of the favor of God. I believe I'm only alive because of the favor of God. We got to believe against all odds. And this king, and, and he said, the God who we serve is able. They, they stood and said, that their God was able. When the odds are against you, God stands with you. When the odds are not in your favor, God's favor is with you. When you feel like you're outnumbered, you need to say, I may be outnumbered on the outside, but your favor's with me. And this is when you like to stand for someone. So stand for me right about now. If I was Daniel in the midst of a lion's den and I'm down there, I'd be like, favor is a good, this is a good time, God, to show me some favor. Hello, somebody, you ever been that close to a lion? I go to Africa almost every year. I've been so close to a lion, and I was just a chain link fence between it. 
They are so massive. They're so massive, you're like, oh dang. That thing could knock the whole fence down if they want to knock the fence down. You take a 500-pound lion and it wants to come against the fence post, it could push it out. Crazy. I'm telling you. But God came and closed the mouth of the lions for Daniel. And sometimes our greatest setbacks, it's only setting us up for our greatest comeback. You think, well, you know, like, how are you going to get out of this one? And God does a miracle. And, and a testimony is built. And God gets glory. And we're on this planet to bring God glory. And if we're not willing to walk in a fire, get thrown in a, in a, in a pit, if we're, not willing to, if we're not willing to walk through the stuff, if we just think Christianity is all about just being comfortable, I want to be as comfortable as I can. But I do realize that there's times when it's not going to be comfortable. It's going to be intense. They're going to try to shut you down. But you got to go anyway. Are you with me? You got to do what God says. These three Hebrews beat the odds. It's almost as if like God turned the odds up against them. It's almost like, like, like crazy. Think of Elijah. He's, he's supposed to call down fire from heaven. He calls the prophets of Baal. He's like, okay, you, all these prophets of Baal are trying to call down fire from heaven. He's like, is your God sleeping? Is your God? And then God whispers in his ear, tell him to pour water on your sacrifice. He pours water on it. Not only he's got to call down fire from heaven, but he's going to put it on wet wood. You ever try to light wet wood in a fire pit? Hello? God stacked the deck even worse. Like, throw some, wood, throw some water on it as well. It's almost like he enjoys the odds because he gets more glory. Huh? Come on. Can we believe for that fourth man to come into our fire? Because he's going to come when the heat gets turned up. He'll come miraculously walking on the water in the midst of your storm. But are you looking for him in the storm? Are you rehearsing your storm? Are you talking about your God? Are you saying it's about God's going to show up anytime? There's an entry. It's coming anytime. Because he's the one. He'll come. And sometimes he comes and he just stills the storm. And sometimes he just gets in your boat and rides through the storm, but he still comes to you. And God's favor is fireproof. Oswald Chambers, he wrote, the fiery furnace are there by God's direct permission. It's misleading to imagine that we are developed in spite of our circumstances. We are developed because of our circumstances. And when you ignore that, you miss something. If you cut the butterfly out of that chrysalis, it doesn't, the blood doesn't get pushed to the wings and it comes out and it can't develop. It has to go through the pressure to have what it comes out to be. God designed it that way. So number two, God's favor is fireproof. He commanded these mighty men of valor. And I'm like, I, I look at this and you look at it and you try to take the picture. Okay, here's Nebuchadnezzar, most powerful man on the planet. He's got these yoked football player kind of guys. It looks like somebody's front line. And they're all standing here, the greatest warriors in the land. And he has them bind these little computer geeks. You know what I mean? The great warriors, go tie them up. It's like, he's, I mean, like, are you kidding? These guys aren't warriors. Why did he do that? And then they died throwing them in the fire. Why? It's almost like God saying, the strongest of men against the favor of God. Mm -mm. Are you with me? Come on. He's like, I'm going to show you. You can take the strongest. It doesn't matter. You pick the best team you want to pick. I'll still beat them. And then he turned it up seven times. I'm telling you that the heat's going to increase. Heat's increasing. And then the closer Jesus comes, the heat gets turned up around us. 
We need to lean on God. He's strong enough. He was strong enough to save you, and he's strong enough to preserve you. That's our God. And he says, look, I see four men walking in the midst of the fire and the force like the Son of God. Ray, Ray Pritchard said this. He said, he said, here is the ultimate paradox. The three Hebrews were safer in the furnace than they were standing next to Nebuchadnezzar. They just told the king, we're not going to bow anyway. How long would they have stood in front of that king? He'd had someone come over and, and stab him. He'd have, he'd have killed him. Those big guys probably could have just popped their heads off. Hello. They were safer in the fire because Jesus went down and was with them in the fire. And sometimes we think, I just got to get out of the fire, get out of the fire, get out of the fire. And sometimes the fire is exactly what's needed to purify something out of your life. That fourth man, Jesus, he didn't only show up, he showed off. He flexed his miraculous power. And, and he does it for a reason, because he wants people to be saved. He wants people to know. He wants your testimony to be told to others. He wants you to tell people, like, man, I just prayed for somebody. They're miraculously, their ear opened up. You know, we've seen Jilly pray for blind eyes open when we were in Africa that one time. That was awesome. We've seen, like, I don't know, a couple trips ago, I saw, like, a dozen deaf ears open. This one guy was deaf from birth. His ear opens up. Everybody in that region knows that guy's deaf from birth. He's hearing now. See, God gets glory when, 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 the, when there's miracles, but you got to step out to lay hands on the person. Because sometimes, you know, it's scary to step out and believe for something that's crazy, that's a miracle, it's beyond you, it's beyond anything you believe. But we've got to be the ones who do it. We're the ones who get to get, we've seen witch doctors get saved and burned all their paraphernalia, and it was the biggest testimony in the region. But they're not anything to be messing with. You think, well, my God's more powerful. They can still do some damage. If, if you're not together, it can get messed up. We go into regions and seen some pretty crazy things. I mean, like Teresa was in a region. They were slithering like a snake on the ground. And, and it was crazy. And, and the devil, the, I'm not saying we should fear the devil. I'm just saying you better know who you are. And you get to take risks and say, no, devil, not today, Satan, not here, not now, not on my watch, not with my kids, not with my parents, not with my family, not in my city, not in my state, not in my nation. We get to be the ones who get to stand and say, my God reigns. And the third one is favor has a purpose. And we can see here in verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar spoke and he said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm not, this isn't a preacher. This isn't a preacher. This isn't Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. Then it looked down in verse 29. He said, there is no other God who can deliver like this. He just said no God could deliver. Verse 30, the king promotes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the province. Promotion comes to those who will take risks. Promotion comes to those who will dare to say, my God, and and." My God is awesome. My God is able. My God can deliver. My God will deliver. His one commentary, he said, he said that Shavrach, Meshach, Bendigo, they did lose something in the fire. What did they lose? They lost their shackles. They lost their, their chains. They lost what bound them. They bound them. They saw four men loosed walking in a fire. Sometimes the heat gets turned up to get something out of us. Sometimes we got something in us that needs to come out of us. Sometimes a little pressure, and then someone has to tell you and say, you need to stop doing this. You need to start doing that. 
you need, you need to make an adjustment. This is in your face, and you think, oh, my goodness, you know, I was so in love, and now she dumped me. You better get something right and let that thing purify, or you're going to get dumped again and again and again. Nobody wanted to hear that. I didn't hear one amen. Not one amen. Then verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar spoke. He said, blessed be the God whose servants trusted him. That's my first point. Believe against the odds. And, the, and King Nebuchadnezzar's preaching it. He's saying his servants trusted who trusted in him. They believed against all odds. His servants trusted in him. Then verse 29, he preaches my second point. He says, there's no other God who can deliver like this. I didn't do it. I, I, didn't, I wrote the point before I read this. I said, shoot, I'll just let King Nebuchadnezzar preach. He said, there's no other God who can deliver like this. God's favor is fireproof. He's saying, who could do this but our God? And then he promotes them. And then look, as we land this plane, verse chapter, um, chapter 4, Daniel chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar the king to all peoples, nations, language that dwell in and all on the earth, peace be multiplied to you. Now listen to this. This is a heathen king. I thought it good to declare. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the most high God has worked for me. He did the sign and the wonder for them, but he said he did it for me. Are you with me? Their fire, their trial, and he's saying God did this for me. He's the one saying, I got the walk away. How great are his signs, how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion from generation to generation. Let's book that man to come preach in our churches. It's a heathen king, and he tells the whole world how great God is to all peoples, nations, languages that dwell on the earth. Should we do any less? Should we do any less? Some of you say, well, I can't go to the nations. I can't get around. You can sow to the nations. You can send some young ones who can still go. And there's some 40, 50-year-olds who are pretty young still to go. Hello? There's some 67-year-olds who you can still go. Hello. Don't limit God. How old was Moses? Don't say I'm too old. You can't. I'm too young. What about Timothy? What about the disciples? You can't, you can't back out of it. We need to go. We need to be those who can testify. We need to testify of God's favor because with every single thing that God does in our lives, somebody's watching. And I said this before, with, with miraculous observation, you get miraculous transformation. The king called uh, those people together. All his leaders were standing at the entrance of the furnace, and they called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fire. They all said they don't even smell like smoke. With miraculous observation comes miraculous transformation. They watched it, and then they transformed their whole region. They took the leaders. We need to touch leaders as well. Hello? We need to touch the influencers. We need to testify, well, my goodness, if I tell the CEO I could get fired, you could transform a whole corporation. Oh, if I tell my professors, they'll fail me. My, my son told about his faith, and he got pushed out by a professor who was totally anti-God. Cost me a lot of money to put house him for another semester because it was his major. Hello? Are you willing to pay a price to just stand for Jesus or not? Yeah. Favors to be admired, yet it's to cause an effect. And favors released on us to transform the world that's under pain and the result of sin. And we're the ones who carry the answer. 
So as we carry that answer, I just encourage you today. I encourage you today to walk in favor, to trust in that favor, that God's favor is fireproof, to walk in that favor, and to look for opportunities to share that favor with a, with a, with a world that is sick and that's dying. And if you can't go, sow to it. If you can't go, send. Maybe you're, maybe you're not the slave stuck in the market. You say, I'm doing really well. Great. Then be the Calistro that went and redeemed that child, and the child became great. You with me? I think I'm done.